Hey guys, this is Dustin. Heads up, you're about to listen to the interview I did with Athanar from Midnight. The day that we recorded this, the weather was super shitty. So there's some points when Athanar's cell reception isn't the greatest. But stick with it because it doesn't last for the entire episode. It was a fun conversation. Hey folks, Big Jake here just to take a minute and remind you that Music the Lifeblood is not a politically correct podcast. So the following episode might have some colorful commentary on the subjects at hand. Listener discretion is advised. Sitting around with time to kill. If we don't do it, then no one will. Our eyes are cold, our thoughts are old. Fifteen minutes till we lose control. You are now listening to... Music, the lifeblood. Generation behind, going nowhere's just fine. Maybe tonight's the night we die. Ladies and gentlemen, you have tuned yourself into another episode of the Music, the Lifeblood podcast. I am your very humble host, Dustin. Join with me today, the king of lust, filth, and sleaze himself. It's Mr. Athanar from Midnight. Athanar, thanks for being on the show, man. Um, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, so I want to pick your brain on some stuff, but I know you're a huge metal fan. You're a big metal advocate. Um, you did that uh, episode, uh, I think, Heavy Metal Cribs with Reaper Metal Productions a while back. Yeah. And we got to kind of walk through some of the, you know, some of your gems in your collection. But I'm really curious. You've been home right now because we're dealing with the quarantine thing. What's what have you been listening to lately? Um, lately, actually, you know, it's, it's kind of, kind of funny because I've just been, uh, catching up on, on, uh, things that have been uh, acquired over the past few years. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's records, even, you know, like this random dollar records, uh, you know, this, that, just, just finally getting a chance to sit down and listen to, uh, so been doing a lot of that, you know, a lot of stuff I had you know, checking out that, oh, it sucks. Yeah, you know, this isn't good. This is you know, bad. So, you know, just for example, last night was uh, the second Point Blank album, and uh, that was actually pretty good. I really enjoyed that. Oh, nice. So, okay, Vi- vinyl. I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. Mostly. Do you find are you uh, are you a crate digger? You know, when you're because you tour, you're you're around the world quite mm-hmm. a bit. Are you a, are you a hound when it comes to record stores in other countries? Yeah, I mean, most of the time, that's that's what we do. Uh, you know, you, you know, when there's time to kill, um, you know, it's better than sitting in a bar. You know, sure. So, sure, uh, yeah. so it's, 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 I mean, it's a little, it's a little more difficult, and it's harder to find a diamond in the rust nowadays than it used to be. Mm. But uh, you can still, you can still do that, and you know, and and there's still lots of good fifty cent dollar records out there. You know, example being the second point point go. You know, you can still find it in a dollar pen. It, it looks like a generic country rock album from the cover, but if you listen to it, it's good. Right. Southern hard rock. When it comes to Europe, because uh, on the podcast, my co-host and I, we talk a lot about there. there's a perception that I think Europe appreciates metal much better than what the United States does. Have you have you ever encountered that? Do you do you have a verdict a verdict in that regard? It, I mean, it, it may seem that way because uh, you know you're dealing with a lot of countries um, in that way. Whereas you know, the United States, of course, is huge, and um, 
and and maybe it's just a bit of that uh, fantasy of you know you're just always looking towards Europe as you know like this kind of uh, fantasy land, you know, and, and that things are so much better in Europe. Uh, but but it, you know I guess in general you know it, it does seem that way. You know it seems like you know South America and Europe, Iron Maiden is just very commonplace. Oh sure, yeah, whereas, yeah. You know, you know, where in America it's still like if you, even if you see someone with an Iron Maiden shirt on, most of the time there's going to be like a casual fan, but you're not going to talk to them about you know the B side from the Trooper and stuff like that. But uh, it's it's going to be uh, you know it's just more common, I guess, in, in Europe. And, sure. Uh, have you have you gotten to see them lately? Ooh, Iron Maiden. Yeah. 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 Uh, so. Um, Last year in Texas, uh, yeah, I, I see him. I see him pretty much every every tour since since 1988. You know, since the first time I saw him. So, so uh, yeah, you know, the, you know, I saw him I don't know, countless times. Oh, okay, was it 88? Was Seventh Son, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, right on. The first time I saw him. Yeah, that was. I think that was Adrian's last last tour, I believe. Right. Um. Let's see. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's it because he he had that fabulous yeah. mullet on that tour. Just a, yeah, oh yeah, just an amazing yeah. mullet. <laughs> Adrian's always really well dressed. Out of all the guys in the band, that's the that's the thing. I well, I mean, think. yeah, it's it just so that's a, that's his style. You know, his, his solos are really well thought out. You know, days and walk top of head. Sure, uh, sure. But Adrian, you know, he, He's yeah. I would. It's I, I've always seen Adrian's much more meticulous of a player than what Dave is, and even Yannick too. If you want to throw Yannick in there, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yannick, one of the luckiest men in rock and roll, along with Michael Anthony. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, good one. Yeah, I'm not. I I look look. I think he's a great guitar player, but to me, he's kind of like a Blackmore clone. He plays a lot like Richie Blackmore and. I, I like the fact that they have three guitars. I think it's awesome, but there's times it's frustrating as a fan because Yannick will get some of Adrian's solos, and it always it bums me out because you don't get to hear. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's cool. I, I like I like it that you know Steve wanted yeah you know, he said all right you know well hey you can't want to like fire anybody you know so you know it was cool um, and he kept them in and and you know, like, I mean you know but. At the end of the day, if they got rid of him tomorrow, who would care? I mean, I I, I like White Spirit. I, I love I love Iron Maiden, and like like I said, White Spirit with with uh, Yannick in there is is great. And, yeah, he was very like you said, you know, White Spirit is a very deep purple ish. Sure. You know, yeah. Yeah. With, the, with that Strat sound and the keyboards in there and stuff, just going for it. when he was in in Gillen's band, so but I'm sure that was that was great for him to play with Ian Gillen. Oh sure, yeah. Well, I think he dabbled. With, he was playing with Bruce uh, for a minute uh, before he yeah was after in a, after killing. So I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah he was, uh, he, I mean, do you do you da- do you dabble in Rainbow and Deep Purple? Dabble. I, I more than dabble. Okay, right on. Yeah. <laughs> sweet. Yeah, sweet. yeah. Deep Purple's one of my favorite bands. Yeah. What what's yeah. what's your album? Which one? I was just texting you about this this morning with. Fun, but uh, my my usual is in rock. I mean, that's that's just one that for me is, is 
is incredible. But Deep Purple, like you know, like I said, their the records for uh, um, having like the best opening cuts on every album. They're they're they're, just, they're great at it. You know, Speaking, yeah. Fireball, uh, you know, Highway Star, yeah. Burn, yeah. Stormbringer, all those are just like bashers out of the gate. Are you are you are you okay with the the David Coverdale era? Are you into it as much as the Gillen era, or eras? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I love the David Coverdale. I mean, for me, I was probably, yeah, I like you know, Gillen stuff a little better. I guess if you had to, you know, make make music a competition. Uh, yeah, I, I would I, I prefer the Ian Gillen stuff, but uh, David Coverdale and and Glenn Hughes singing together, you know. It was great. Again, that was another another great decision on uh, Rich Blackmore's part sure. just to have uh, have okay, let's have two singers. Why not? I'm okay. Like I've never. There's times I do deep dives on Deep Purple, but I always find myself gravitating towards Rainbow, uh, be, just because of Ronnie James Dio. I'm such a huge Dio. The Dio, the Dio era. yeah, yeah. Those, those Rainbow albums are some of them unbeatable. I mean, Rainbow Rising. Probably one of the best things ever. Not even best album, best three ever in the world. The whole the, the Ronnie's entire catalog is jaw droppingly amazing, in my opinion. It's yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, okay, I I I don't want to stay on it too long, but because I know you've been asked about it quite a bit lately. Um, the move to Metal Blade. Um, I don't think I'm going to ask you anything that anybody, you know, hasn't poked you about before, but just kind of curious, has it so far, is it, is it advantageous? Was it, was it a good decision? Well, so far, I guess. I mean, I, I, I really, really don't know. I mean, you know, cause you know, it's kind of just bad timing, I guess, with the album. Mm, sure. The official release date being uh, January 24th and then kind of having at least America stop, uh, you know, the second week of March. So, um, you know, a couple of weeks after its release, uh, things have changed a lot. So, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just really, really, I really haven't been paying too much attention. Right on. Very honest. Different, different headspace. Did you follow Metal Blade as a young person? Was it, was it a label you paid t- attention to? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Right I mean, on. That, that's, I mean, how could you not? I mean, if, if you're into heavy metal and and, uh, and in the '80s, then yeah, you know, Metal Blade, Combat, New Renaissance, you know, there was always good stuff coming out on those labels, you know. Sure. Yeah, I have. A, I just came across. Um, I don't know. Last year, maybe, I picked up a copy of. I think it's Metal Masker Two. It was uh, Slayer's. Yeah. I think it was Slayer's first national appearance. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 The, I was, it was neat. Uh, speaking of Slayer, we were talking about um, Carrie Keen and Jeff Hanneman are big uh, Glenn Tipton and KK Downing fans, obviously. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you paid attention to Priest lately? Uh, are you like him, Firepower, or are you like a classic era kind of guy? Um, yeah, I mean, they're, one, they're, my, they're in my top five favorite bands of all time. So I always, yeah, I, I, I like when they do, uh, Firepower, if, if you're at, you know, in my opinion, on that album, I think it's pretty middle of the road. And I think Jewish Priest is capable of much better things. Mm. Uh, but, but coming from a band who, you know, whatever, 20 albums into their career, 
um, yeah, it's, it's great. You know, if you look at it that way, it's great. You know, it, you know, if if I live to be, you know, what there are, you're nearly seventy years old when they made that album, and you're still making stuff even of that caliber. That's that's great. Um, but yeah. you know, point. does it hold up? As far is it, is it, is it, is it groundbreaking? Like great. Sad, uh, sadly, uh, sadly, the density is, or uh, or stained glass, you know, or or British steel is going to change, you know, dramatically. Not really, I don't think. You know, and they're, they're just kind of going with the flow. You know, the, the production is pretty color by numbers. Mm. Um, the songs, I think, are, are okay. You know, they're good. They're good metal songs. I mean, if some other band did them, would I like much? Probably not. You know, if, if there was like generic or metal band that played those exact same songs, I wouldn't pay attention to it. Gotcha. Right on. You know, but, but since it's, but since it's Rob Halford singing it, you know, that's, that's, that's what they got going for it. Right, yeah. right on. Do you, uh, it was, <laughs> I was, I had a long drive last night and I was listening to Rebirth by Blasphemy. Um, uh, a couple times over as I was driving and uh rising scum uh from from the album uh it's got a bit of a take on the world priest kind of vibe to it uh that's, that's, that's right right right, right, right on right, right, okay cool yeah. sweet sweet I was wondering it was uh I was like I know you know like you under you when you dive into the midnight catalog you obviously go yeah Athenar is a big metal fan and it was funny when a that was the first time I had listened to the song and really paid a lot of attention to it because I was just driving and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, oh my God, this is like, this is Athenar's version of Take on the World. I thought it was, I thought it was yeah, awesome. Yeah, I did, yeah. Keep that bass out of there. The primitive drum and guitar thing. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Right on. That's, yeah, it put it. I mean, if you want to dig deeper, I mean, the drum pick is exactly the big beat by Billy Squire. Let's listen to the big beat and take on all the world, mix those together. That's what it comes up with. Right on. It's like a less, I think less Binks. Is that less Binks playing on take on the world? Is that him? Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's uh Holland, Dave Holland. I don't know. I think he came in. Dave Holland. Yeah. I I don't, I don't want to get into it with Dave. (laughs) 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 I think, uh, I think he he still claims his innocence up to, well, I I have to believe the guy just because I don't know what the other people were, but I, I do know Dave Holland played drums on the street so for, for that reason only. Yeah. Well, I mean, he played in, I think he played with Trapezi um, yeah. prior to or Priest, he, I think, yeah. He'd worked with, he did something with Tony Iommi. I think Iommi had put out a, a solo album of sorts, and I think Dave yeah, was Yeah, then, then he took off the tracks and then had uh, John Cooner's drummer play drums on it. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's probably when all that court shit was happening, I would imagine. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, what a bummer. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, you can't get away from it now, like with the you know, Hollywood and all that shit. It's just, it's such a bummer. Uh, I know. Yeah, I was curious. We were watching midnight footage from somewhere in Europe, my co-hosts and I, and we were listening to Satanic Royalty. I was like, "Yes, that's that's Athenar playing everything on the album." And we started discussing, like, "Why the hell is he not playing guitar live?" 
Um, I've always, you know, well, because I've always, I guess it started out on bass. Mm. I just, I just feel more comfortable with that. And, and playing guitar live takes too much effort. You know, playing bass, basketball, and the strings, staying, and it's a lot more comfortable. Gotcha. Do you like just kind of laying back into the bass and let being able to focus on uh, the lyrics, that sort of thing, the vocals? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right on. It was it was interesting to um your lead your lead style is uh it's I mean I, there's speed metal elements in Midnight. There's thrash elements. There's DB in like punk rock stuff in there as well. But your lead playing is so different compared to a lot of the speed metal stuff i think i tend to think that you uh, you almost play with a bluesy feel with some of your leads is that is that a conscious thing i don't know if it's a conscious thing that's the way it, it turns out i mean uh, that's the, the, i mean I, I was never too much of a fan of, of, of people with like jackson guitars and kramer guitars You're a Kiss fan, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Are you are you a makeup guy, non makeup? Do you gravitate towards a specific era? No, I'm a Kiss zombie. So I just I just follow them blindly into whatever they do. <laughs> okay. Right on. Right on. Do you have a favorite Kiss album? Favorite uh, Kiss album? I mean, I guess I guess you know, the lines like old people. Well, the cover, I mean, the cover is iconic. That thing's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's simple and it's, it's very just um, graphic. Did you ever have an opportunity to see them in makeup in the original run? Oh, they get to the 70s? Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, no I, was, I was born in the 60s. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Right on. Um, uh, it, 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 the first time, believe it or not, I, I always I always bring this up too with, uh, with my mother is uh, you know, wanted to go see them on the animal because they 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 play Cleveland on my birthday. Oh, nice! Four. So I was like, oh, that's, that's what I want you to be my birthday, and uh, and then but I wasn't allowed to go to concert. Oh man, so, was Queensrÿche the opener? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so, yeah. But I didn't. So after that, I didn't get to. But then the next year, on the asylum tour, it was the same thing. I think they they played December thirteenth, so the day before my birthday. Uh, and I still wasn't allowed to go. You know, twelve years old, so I wasn't allowed to go. <laughs> Uh, I'm curious about um, the live band. Uh, you've yeah. had a, you've had you know 
small amount of people, you know, come and go as far as midnight live wise. Uh, Vanek is obviously a huge part of the live show with the band and the dude just fucking rips. He's an amazing guitar player. Uh, yeah. and then SS as a drummer too. I, I'm, I'm real kind of curious. What is there a creative dynamic, uh, to the three of you, or is it just sort of a, here's the song, make it work. Um, you know, it, you know, those guys, those guys are good musicians, so they know they know what the song is, and they don't try and to, uh, um, you know, a good musician just knows how to play songs the way it, it should be played. Sure, you know, you know, and this isn't free form, you know, nineteen seventies era Miles Davis stuff here. So uh, it's it's yeah. If a song goes four bars and you change, that's what it is. You know, there's really not much room for um, exploration and jazz odyssey. Stuff, you know? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> good spinal tap reference. Good one. Yeah, yeah good one. But those guys. I mean, those guys. Are, those guys are just great players. So, uh, yeah, they they know what to do. I don't. I don't. You know, I don't really have to uh, tell them what to do per se. You know. They, they know what it is. Is that uh, is that the sort of does that dynamic carry over like into the tour van too? Is it a is it a pretty you know is it a smooth sailing sort of functioning? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it, it is, you know, and it's kind of it's kind of strange. You know, cause, I mean, even you know, we did, we never really toured a lot, a lot until 2017. That was that was the longest tour that we did. You know, that was 24 shows. Mm. And so for us, it was it was like okay, well, let's see if we can do this. And afterwards, I, I remember you know, we did it, and I was like, damn, that was easy. And then you know, the other fans like, oh, in fights or something, and, and they can't stand each other. But it's like, wow, it was, that was pretty simple. And, and you know, you know, we all get, we all pretty much get along as, as far as you know. We, we know when to play uh, off or you know. Sure, sure. The tran the transition from three piece to four piece back to three piece, you know, it's almost it kind of mirrors Motorhead actually. Um, yeah. Is there a does it is it a completely different beast in the different iterations of the live band? Well, yeah. I mean, we we had that little couple months there where we we tried that as four piece, and it just yeah, the dynamic didn't work at all. So, you know, it you know, when you look at something on paper, like, oh, okay, well, this should work. It'd be cool to have this guy play guitar. And, and but, but yeah, when it, when it came to just being on stage together, it just didn't feel right. You know, just like, uh, you know, and, and, being, you know, it is, you know, it's just, it's a douche. You know, just to make, make things, you know, cut things simple and dry. Mm. It didn't work out. Sure, so, sure. And he added that that element in there, just, you know, fuck things up. Is there a? Have you ever pondered, you know, live album? Yeah, I mean, uh, that would be something. I mean, just, it, <laughs> but yeah, just just the way uh, the way of, I always do something is just so spontaneous. It would have to, someone would have to um just kind of do it without me knowing. You know, <laughs> 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 otherwise, yeah, you know, because it'd be like, 
uh, it'll never work, you know, or, you know, ah, you know we'll get to it eventually, but if, if, if it was, like, just recorded and did, then that would be the way it would have to be done. Okay, you know? right on, right on. Is there some jitters in there? No, no. Just, it would just be, a, it was just, it was, it's just a, something that I wouldn't think about, you know? Okay, right on. Because, like, if, if it was like, oh, we have to make this live album and do it, like, oh, come on, it's drag us. Characteristic of the way you you sort of run the band. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I try to. I mean, that's 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 the way it's always been, and that was that's the, uh, that was the beginning of the band because it wasn't a band. It was just to things, just get rid of anything unnecessary, and 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 just and and that's why it's a one person band because okay, how can I have a band? And let's see how how to make that even simpler. Okay, I have a band with no members. That's the best way to get rid of everything. <laughs> right, uh, right, right. So, um, and then, but, you know, some things like, you know, and that's why I try to do things in the beginning without a band. Kind of have a me play against the tape, you know, and, and do something a little different. But in the end, that just didn't work out right. You just didn't quite have the... Uh, with energy that you want to hear as a live band. Sure, sure. So, what's that? What's that born out of? Is it? Did you arrive at that from previous musical experience? Yeah, I guess a little bit of that. You know, and maybe, you know, just it's just you know, sometimes being in a band where everybody's on the same page, you know, you're pushing and pulling, and um, you know, some people want to do this, some people want to do that. It doesn't work and and me just being a, a, a born and only child, you know, mm. I'm, I, I, you know, I don't want to, I'm used to getting my own way, but, uh, you know, you know, compromise isn't one of my strong suits, you know? <laughs> okay, right on, right on, right on. Well, I mean, I mean, at least you're upfront about it, you know, that's... The... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You said you're an only child. Were you the kind yeah. that kind of hold yourself up in the room, learning Ace Freely licks and stuff like that? Yeah, and, and as a teenager, yeah. I mean, when I started playing guitar, you know, about 12, 13, and that's, that's what happened. Mm. You know, I was, I was just, I was just in, you know, just playing records, learning, learning how to play guitar, learning how to play bass, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know. That's definitely what I was doing. Um, but, <clears throat> but anyway, as a, as a kid, kid, you know, like a seven, eight year old, no, I, yeah, I went out and played, you know, I mean, I lived in the neighborhood with just tons of kids, so you go out, you know. Do the shit that kids do, catch frogs, you know, right get on, on your knees, okay. you know, whatever. So the, I'm curious because I always, uh, when it comes to young people, I always think of them like through the lens of social media. Midnight stayed off of social media for quite a while, and I think it was by design, right? Yeah, well, it's just because I, I don't, it's just not my thing, you know, and the only, the only, the reason why there's a Facebook page is it's, it, it, that's run by you know, you know, one of my childhood friends. Mm, so, okay. and, and yeah. then when when he did it, it was like he's like, I'm going to make a Facebook page, 
and and uh, and you know this is you know this is whatever when he started. I'm like, I was like, nah, don't do that. He's like, well, it's, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, it's a fan page. So, you, so, okay. you know, basically, what he said, it's a fan page. It's nothing to do about you. I said, okay, well, then that's cool. You can do it that, okay. that way. Right on. Sweet. So, okay. as, long as, as long as I have nothing to do about it, you know, if it's, if it's you know, run by the fans, for the fans, kind of thing, that's cool, good. Sweet. And then the Instagram thing, same thing. You know, it's a friend that, you know, she started it, you know, to, you know, she's a photographer and, and it was of it was of interest to her, so I said, okay. Well, if it's of interest to you, you know, go for it. You know, cool. Well, it's have, it's have it's cool to see, especially within heavy music, that you don't have to fawn over an online presence constantly to be able to have a strong following. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, you know, so I, I, you know, of course, I, I have a computer, so I'm I, I don't live. Totally in a cave, but um, <laughs> but I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have a smartphone, so I'm not walking down the street, just you know, like a zombie, looking at. I don't know, looking at the cell phone. Do you get the phones up at shows a lot? No, no, I don't think so. I, I don't think mm. as much as, as some other bands, you know, and it, which which I think is cool because I think they're there to to get the visceral experience, you know, as opposed to uh, the look at look what I look who I am. Sure. You know, so I, I think I think that's a I think that's a good thing. You know, uh, yeah, I don't I don't have the uh, the Marky Ramon fly swatter or cell phone swatter thing. I don't know if you ever saw that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that that's that's a great invention, by the way. Take a forty-five record and <laughs> tape it to a drumstick. It's a cell phone swatter. Um, he could have a. I think yeah. he's got he's got the cell phone swatter in one hand and then the the wig glue in the other hand. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Marky's exactly. awesome. Marky's incredible. Uh, the <laughs> I'm curious. I wanna I wanna poke you about the the new Wabam, uh, new wave of British heavy metal. Sure. There's, you know, seeing that episode, the, you know, the stuff you did with Reaper Metal Productions. You know, you dropped a couple of hints as far as like. Uh, the new Wobbum goes. Do you are, do you still feel kind of compelled to? Are you still drawn to that era of music? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm. I mean, uh, I mean that's that's a, I, I love that music. The perfect kind of uh, balance. There. I mean, it's, it's DIY stuff. You know, at, at the time it was you know uh, punk was huge in in that in that way, and uh, so it was like people into hard rock and metal that wanted them still get their records out there sure, you know sure. so yeah. it's just the, the aesthetic that I've always stuck to you know the um kind of just uh, booking your own shows doing doing uh doing your own records and all that kind of stuff sure you know? sure and uh but with this day and age you know I guess my laziness kicks in too and if, if there's somebody that else wants to put out the records and do the kind of but but that's the good thing, you know, with uh you can you can still do it do pretty much what you want. Are you an Angel Witch fan? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right on. It was uh I was I was thinking about Angel Witch the other day and how uh underrated 
as far as uh, the first album goes, because I think pound for pound, that first Angel Witch album is better than Iron Maiden self self titled. Well, that was that was that was the uh, thing. I mean, it was it was they, Iron Maiden and Angel Witch was basically signed at the same time, mm. and uh, it was kind of like a competition. Like, okay, let's 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 get both these bands and see who wins, and then. You know, I think Iron Maiden won, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But that first Angel Witch album is, is is great. You know, unfortunately, they've never really done anything as great since, in my opinion. Yeah. Although the, their latest album is really good, I mean, it's it's hard to I mean, when you made something that good at that time, and then you know, just maybe you know, some changes. But yeah, that first album is uh, one of the best things ever too. Yeah, it's killer. It's killer. It's absolutely killer. How did you uh how did you encounter Thrash? Do you do you remember what band you came across first? Metallica. It was Metallica okay, right on. Yeah. Yeah, twelve. And her her uh Master of Puppets. But that oh, cool. was kind of like okay. the, the first thing that I heard. And then from there it was just uh, like like any good drug, you know, you start out with just the the marijuana, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're you're mainlining morphine, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just went there, just went right, like straight from Metallica, like Megadeth, Slayer, you know, Southern Frost, Bathory, Hellhammer, Sodom, Possessed, you know, uh, Dark Angel. That kind of stuff. Well, now yeah. you're starting. Yeah, you're starting to tiptoe towards like first first wave of black metal. Are you? Are there's, you know, there's blackened elements within Midnight, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, at, at that time, yeah, I mean, what, you know, you just weren't thinking that way, too. At least, at least I wasn't. You know, it was all it was all thrash. Mm-hmm. It was all just non mainstream metal. It just wasn't. It was metal that you couldn't buy at Kmart or Gold Circle. You know, you just couldn't. You couldn't. Uh, you know, it was fast and and, and uh, aggressive. You know, that, and that's what you were looking for. So, sure, sure. You really, you can't really say like, oh, this is this is first wave black metal because there was no such thing as first wave black metal. You know, it was it was, it was Bathory. You know, it, it was Bathory and 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 uh, sacrifice. You know, you you were, you were just it was just fast stuff. To try and categorize it, I just weren't thinking that way. Are you a fan of the Return? Is that a big album for you? Yeah, yeah, the Return. It's gross. Um, you know, those, 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 talk about this music too. You know, the Blood Fire Death. That's that's a really that's a great back thing. You know, a lot of people just kind of maybe first one just because it's easy to to make the feature of the first one in a patch first album. Sure. Uh, those first four patches. I sometimes see as I sometimes I see Bloodfire Death as the kind of the root work for Viking metal sometimes. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we yeah, started to uh, really delve into that but uh, that's why I kind of lost it a little bit at that at that time. But uh, but yeah, what's very death? I think it's pretty damn good. 
as far as midnight production goes, obviously it's gritty, it's it's dirty, it's filthy. Can you pinpoint a moment where you said to yourself, I want my stuff to sound like that? Was there a was there an album you looked towards or a band you looked to? Well, I mean it was it was always it was always that way. I mean, I just kind of style that that I play generally you know, I can't play, you know, Queen's although think uh motorhead motorhead seems like the crossover um they're the they're the fork in the road i'd say them and venom they're they're two bands that all of a sudden there's a completely new branch of the 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 heavy music tree at that point i always think of uh, midnight is kind of like the bastard son of motorhead and venom um but just yeah. with just with better lyrics um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lemmy's a great. Lemmy was a great lyricist, but uh, I, you know, I think you, I think you got the advantage on him, in my opinion. But as uh, wow. well, no, I, th- I think there's, I mean, there's some. I'm that's legit. It's to me because Midnight songs are, uh, if you remove the fact that you scream a lot, you know what I mean. Um, like crushed by demons, the very first thing you say is ah, you know what I mean. It's not, but uh, but 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 lyrics wise, their midnight songs are just infinitely more singable than a lot of stuff that Venom and Motorhead did. Um, and I wonder, I well, I I sometimes wonder if there's something in your pedigree that um um you know like the the. Uh, the cadence of your your vocals and stuff like that. I'm just curious how you wound up with the vocal and lyrical style that you wound up at. Well, I mean, it's, it's always I, I try not to I try not to be stuck in a rut because it's, it's, you know, certain singers always have that and, 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 and maybe like like a like politically correct term singers. Uh, Melody, what do you call it? Melody, um, laughing singers, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like myself. Right, right, um, right. So, so, it, so it said you, it said it's going rah, 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 rah. I mean, you have to go your rah, rah, rah in a certain, certain way and, and put some personality to it, you know? Sure, sure, so, sure. Um, sure, Black Sabbath would have been great. As an instrumental band, but still, honestly, over top of it, or right. you know, or you can, right, but, right, uh, yeah, or ever, or Tony Martin, or whoever, <laughs> Glenn, Glenn Hughes, or whoever the hell else came after, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the the Sab the Sabbath discussion is is always really really interesting. I th- I think that production style. I want to. <laughs> the the production style of of 
of midnight. Do you ever see the, is it, do you ever see at any point, maybe like a polished studio effort from midnight? Do you, do you ever entertain it? Have you thought about it? Okay, right on, right on. But you know, as I was as I was told in uh, at a young age, you know, you can't polish your turd. I think I think that I mean I mean obviously you mentioned you know rebirth by blasphemy obviously but it still but it still retains grittiness you know what I mean it's dirty it's you know it's filthy it's gritty that sort of thing so yeah I mean the recording's clear because you can hear the grit of the playing you know so mm-hmm. it's so so clear and you know it's still going to come out I'm not like a steady picture or, or very staccato you know, it's not going to be tight you know the playing. So, you know, the playing's not totally tight, and, and it just won't come out. Sure. Clear, polished, sounding, you know. What's, what's your process as far as you go, okay, you get up in the morning, I'm going to work on a song, I'm going to record something. What's what's starting point? What, what do you begin with? Uh, well, it's kind of like you said, kind of like just a chicken kit. First thing I did on my summer vacation, I woke up. Then I went downtown to look for a job. Yeah, but, yeah, no, that's the, uh, you know, you just have to take it as it comes. I mean, it, it, there's really no process. I mean, it, when, when the song just kind of comes, sure. you know, it comes in different maybe like a, a drum pattern or, or a chorus or, or a guitar riff, whatever it really is. But, um, so, you know, you just have to be willing to accept it, however it may come. Okay, kind of let the let the river of life flow over you. Yeah, to sound very hippie-ish. <laughs> That's exactly what happens, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Okay. Do you do you write uh, do you, do you write lyrics? Do you do you have like a no, are you a notebook guy? You scribble shit down. What do you do? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, a notebook guy. The spiral notebook and. uh, Things are you know, scribbled around and scratched off, and even, even the smallest things, you know, you can, you can change it to a hand, you know, or, or you know, it, it makes it makes a difference. You know, I know, I know, to, uh, some people, you know, they hear it just garbage, low-level music with idiotic lyrics, but uh, yeah, I, I, I pay attention to it. You know, so. Right. Okay. Do you write while you're out on the road, or are you just focused on playing shows and getting to the next gig? Usually focused on just getting to the next gig. You know, mm-hmm. just, that's, that's just what, where your mind space is at. Uh, just, just where you like to gig. But, but there have been occasions, yeah, you know, ideas, ideas can pop up. So, you know, you have to kind of jot them down and show them. 
stuff does come up. Right. Yeah, but okay. um, but mostly it's just gay. I think it might be gay. Okay, I would say. You said I think you said a couple of years ago that was the the first really big run that you guys did. Do you get? Are you at home? You know more than you're on the road. How does your what's your what's your band sort of home life balance? Where's it at? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely more at home mm. um, than than on the road. I mean, because on the last year was the the most gigs that we've ever played here. It was like seventy one shows. Okay, so seventy one shows for us is, is a lot. Yeah, sure. For for most bands, I think it's most working type bands that that might just be. There's there's bands two hundred shows a year. Sure, I I would I don't know if I feel right. Yeah, for for us seventy one was a lot. I even kind of like to scale it back a bit, you know, even more. You know, to where you just, um, you know, spread it out a little bit, a little bit more. Sure, sure, uh, sure. You're coming up on the tenth anniversary of Satanic Royalty. I think it's next year. Was it? 2011, you released it. Yeah, that sounded yeah. okay. Are you thinking ahead? You know, are you are you do you got like a big Iron Maiden stage show sort of plan in place? <laughs> What's uh? <laughs> it's, it's a big Iron Maiden show. It's always in my It will never happen, but it's always in my Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's a good question. Uh, I, I never really, I never really think of anything like that. Like you said, you just uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what. Right now, everything's in a, in a folding pattern. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I could I could have swore you guys did some shows at some point where you played the entirety of Satanic Royalty. Am I am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was when that was when we had a uh, two guitar player uh, thing. So that was that was in uh, 2018 in uh, October. Played one at Frostfire. And uh Ventura and one in uh, Philadelphia at the Street Metal Massacre. Okay, okay. All right, got it. I could have swore I saw it. I could have swore yep. it was out there. Are you do you uh do you how many albums we got? What? Satanic Royalty, No Mercy. Death Ecstasy. Yeah, Death and then the new album, right? Is that it? Yep. And then Oh, the comps from, yeah, all the seven inches and stuff. You know, do you ever look at it like, you know, let's do four nights. We'll just do an album a night. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I guess it's, it's, it's the man was there. something kind of you know, cool. Yeah, why the hell not? Sure, sure. That's, I thought, um, um, I think Alkaline Trio did it uh, a couple of years ago, and I just, I couldn't. I can't wrap my head around how the hell you're going to memorize all those songs. It's just difficult, but yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, like I said, with that, I mean, the great musicians that they make, and I'm headed. You know, I'm I'm the the weak link of the band. You know, I'm, I'm the ones like, oh man, I don't know, I don't know if I can remember those words. <laughs> those guys, you know, they're, they're ready to, you know, ready to pick on all the world. Yeah. Could you be that guy that has the lyrics scrolled on a monitor in front of you? Nah, no. I, 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 I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather marble mouth it than put the the lyrics. Where you want to teleprompter? That what you mean? That goes things. Is that a is that an ethical stand for you? It's just, I, yeah, it's just, it's just cheesy. I think it's just you know, it's, you know whatever. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. It's just not 
Yeah. Okay. Right on. I I can, I can, I can, I, can, I, can, I understand it. You know, whatever. You know, you get older, your your memory is starts to lose it. You have a catalog of whatever, however many songs you've been doing those same fifteen songs for years, and then you know someone wants you to sing some other song that you never sang. I, I get it. You know, there's there's muscle memory involved in there, and, but. Nah, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Right on. Yeah, I mean that's it's yeah. in, that's integrity. I think. I mean that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I think it's just it's just case. I guess you know it's. It, um, yeah, I, I, I I'd rather someone you know, like David B. Roth just fuck up the lyrics, <laughs> you know, make up your other lyrics on the spot, you know, be spontaneous, <laughs> on rather than right. fucking read off of read off the teleprompter. It's just it's like okay, you know. You know, no one cares that much. I, I mean, I I don't I don't care if, if you if you lose your mind. Great, you know, who cares? You know, that's why I come pick up this be a live concert. You know, like, you right. know, it, it was it was a bummer with the um, skull a couple of years ago, and uh, Trouble was one of my favorite bands. So mm, and they were they were playing the whole second self-titled Trouble. Yeah, Eric Wagner, one of my you know, favorite singers. He's up there in granny glasses. Is is not even a, not even a teleprompter, just you know, off of a, a sheet of paper, reading these lyrics. Like, come on, give me a break! You know, it just looks embarrassing. You know? right. Yeah, it's I I sometimes wonder the bigger the the bigger the production, the the more you get away with in that regard. You know, if you see like. You know, no one would want to see like Bobby Liebling from Pentagram, you know, reading off a teleprompter because it just doesn't work in that setting, you know. But well, hey, you know, it was funny enough that the last tour that we did with a bath and obituary, a bath had a teleprompter. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> and, and, I, and you know, I didn't know it, you know, but I I stepped on it too because I, I put the monitor at the you know, like like a, when I first second show of the tour in. Yeah, you know, the, the the guys who set it up, you know, they they turned it off. You know, they they you know, cause we were right before a bath, so if they would have kept it on, you could see it at the screen. And it, you know, it probably says like, you know, whatever. Like when you keep a Blu-ray player on, you know, it says Blu-ray, whatever. But he turned it off because he's trying to be nice to you know considerate, I guess, to us. He didn't want to have like this blinding light while we were playing with a teleprompter. We turned it off. So the first song I kept there, yeah, I'm like jumping on the monitor, like, yeah, you know, like rocking and rolling, and my foot just goes right through the monitor, like through the teleprompter. I was like, oh, shit. You know, I was like, oh, man, we're sick. We're just kicked off, but destroying the, uh, uh, you know, teleprompter thingy. But, you know, uh, it was fixable in the, the, uh, the roach or whatever the hell the guy was really. <laughs> really cool about it. He's like, oh man, I'm sorry. You know, I, sh- I should have kept that out. I'll let you know what it was or whatever. Like, but he was, he was, he was really cool about it. But well, good. Uh, how yeah. was how how was obituary? Did you get to watch him? Oh yeah, I mean they're, they're great every night. I mean they're they're, they're great. Live band, you know, and, and, and that's something to I guess you know of that style. There's there's heavy and uh, really good. You know, they have their own sound and their guitar sound. Ray Charles got a great sound. 
they're, they're, good, they're just a good band, you know, all together. Yeah, I agree. They, they, they treat us awesome. And they, they treat us, they, they go out of their way to help us out, you know, as, a, as an opening band, you know, if we needed to help carry his gear or whatever, and put it in their trailer and walk it around. Mm. And they treat us fairly with, with like, this, this, this is the kind of shit. It wasn't, they, they weren't like, you know, who are the big guys before we have chromos. Yeah, they're they're really they're the blue collar death they're they're all you're here today. Enough good things about In my head, I picture midnight backstage as as the band you don't want to fuck with. Have you encountered the plight of the opening band? Is that something you've had to deal with? You know, you always hear horror stories about closer kept the back line up and we only had a foot of space. You know, on the at the front of the stage, have I just don't see Midnight encountering that much because I don't see people fucking with your band. Nah. No. Okay. No, I, right on. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I mean, uh, you know, it's just we're just people anyway. It's not like you know, whatever. Man. You just go about doing doing what you got to do. So okay. Uh, there's no talk about it. There's no talk. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a metal thing, though. I think the metal community, the bands at least, have a everybody kind of watches out for everybody else. You don't hear horror stories like that kind of stuff much anymore. <laughs> are you are you are you a Chris Slade fan? Were you happy when Chris came back to the band and then they booed him again, and brought Phil Rudd back? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Chris Slade fan when he was in the firm. Oh, okay, okay, right on. For me, you can't be so, uh, I mean, I have to keep one of my favorite covers all the time, so. Yeah. Well, there there were pictures, there were pictures of them floating around, uh, like them hanging out at a rehearsal space, like on a balcony, smoking. Um, Yeah, yeah, supposedly there's going to be another, still yet another are you are you are you an ACDC fan? Are you are you a big one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. One of my favorite. Bon Bon or Brian or does it matter? What? Well, definitely. Bon's amazing. I can't help it though. I gravitate towards Brian. I really. Oh. I mean, everybody black back in black, obviously, but I really like Fly on the Wall. I think Fly on the Wall is probably my favorite album. Well, Flow on the Wall. This <laughs> Jacob Foundation big. Yep. Send for the chan. Yep. Send for the chan. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, when you want Chinese, when you when you want when you want to order Chinese food, send for the chan. <laughs> <laughs> I what I think uh, is playing playing with girls is on Fly on the Wall, isn't it? Yeah, it's got that uh, that weird kind of circular riff. That's it's neat. Yeah. Like, I think it's cool. We were, I was listening yeah, to my favorite, my favorite Brian Johnson album. I think we have. Oh, it's well, I Razor's Edge. Yeah, it's incredible. I just don't like Chris Slade's drumming on it. He's not. He's. I I don't think yeah. ACDC's not supposed to sound sophisticated in any way, but he doesn't. He doesn't lay into a groove really well, in my opinion. Yeah, no, yeah. So what's butter? Yeah, him and John Rutt, two best butters ever. Uh. Yeah, Chris Slade is pretty, you know, yeah. Yeah, he's a good drummer, but you know, but he's it's 
And, and, it, and it could have been the, and it could have been the time and the production and all that kind of shit. I think. Well, I think. I think too. A lot of people. A lot of people forget that Simon Wright had played with them for, uh, you know, quite a while. I think. Um, I think. Yeah, I think he started on the Flick of the Switch tour. Yeah, yeah. I think was it Heat? Was Heat Seeker? Thing well, that Simon, your video. Was that? Yeah, that. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that that one's right before Razor's Edge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right on. I just. I mean that that Don. You know, he was also in another band too, like you know, like uh. uh we have a British heavy metal band called Gate. Mm, okay. Yeah. I like the stuff he went on and did with Dio. I thought, um, I think Craig Goldie, Jeff Pilson from Dawkin, and then Simon Wright. Mm. And then I think it was still when John Lord was still playing keyboards for him, too. They did that, um, I think it's Strange Highways. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. That's a good album. It's almost doom at times. Like, is it, you know, yeah, totally. Them and a candle mass were kind of cut from the same cloth at that time. Do you dabble in doom at all? I, I dabble in doom. I mean, those are, like I said, Trouble is one of my favorite bands of all time. Mm, okay. Uh, so, I mean, as, as much as like people want to call it that, doom, but you know, like yeah, Trouble, Candle Mass, Pentagram, stuff like that. Okay. But right on. It, it, as far as to, I don't know. But those, those trouble and candle doesn't do like everybody in culture. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Messiah era candle mass or what? Well, uh, yeah, I think just two matches is, is is great. I mean, I love, I love that. Yeah, I think it's one of the, the best albums. But generally, it's going to go towards yeah, just those those first few, you know, uh, Nightfall and the uh, creation. Yeah, but. They're still they're still good. We played with them uh, uh, last year in Norway. They were still really good live. But they just played shit from those albums. They didn't play. Yeah, they basically just played uh, stuff from the first three albums. They were good. It was great. Loved it. Two more things, and then th that's all I got. When you were here in Indianapolis, uh, you and I had a minute. I had mentioned Def Leppard, and your your eyebrows kind of perked. So I I asked this I asked this with a lot of people that are fans of the the new wave of British heavy metal. I just wanted to get your take on it. What the fuck happened to Def Leppard? Uh, vile, just 
Yeah. It's, uh, it's such and, a... And the thing that sucks about it is you'll fall for it every once in a while. Like, all right, you see, like, oh, Def Leppard's coming. All right, I'm going to go see him. He's like, oh, they did it again. God damn it. Yeah, they did it again. Oh, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll come out, yeah, they might, they might play for your heartbreak, you're like, all right, good, and then all of a sudden, and it's just like, whatever, whatever, uh, uh, don't get it all, don't ever know, it's like, ah, they get me, dude, got two fine death leopards. <laughs> I just don't understand, sometimes I'm like, it's fucking Mutt Lang's fault, that's whose fault it is, but then you go, well, Mutt Lane did a great a bunch of great stuff with ACDC. And then... Yeah, I mean, he, he, did, he did High and Drive. Uh, great production. I, great producer, but, you know, so it can't be all of his fault. You know, that's what Bruce is going to do. I sometimes, I, I just, sometimes I just curse Phil Collins' name. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, all the yeah, all the rhythm stuff. But yeah, because Phil Collins was playing with um, Girl, right? Girl. Yeah, he um, and then he made the transition. He came in at the end of Pyromania, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right on. I just, it's amazing to me. Like I, I went and saw him. You know, speaking of getting suckered into it, I went and saw him. It was probably like two thousand eight. Um, and they played, they played Mirror Mirror and Switch, uh, Switch Four Forty Five. Uh, is that what it is? Switch? Yeah, what? A, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they nothing. And bringing on the heartbreak, but it was acoustic and it was awful. And then everything yeah. else was from hysteria, adrenalized slang, and just all the other crap that came after that. And I was amazed. I was amazed. We it was Fort Wayne Coliseum, and they didn't have the curtains drawn to do like a half house show. Uh, I would say Fort Wayne Coliseum, maybe 10,000 seater. There couldn't have been more than 3000 people there, man. It was, a, it was a bummer, but speaking to your point, the good thing is only 3000 people got duped as opposed to 10. There is hope. Okay, man. Uh, do you uh, do you want to plug like the band camp or anything? No. No. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, go to the midnight band camp. That that works. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Avenar, thanks for being on the show, man. All right, man.